Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Now, I'm really honored today to be meeting with Ruby Chen, who is the co-founder and CEO of Scenex Foundation, as well as Scenex Studio. So let's welcome Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Shelley. It's a pleasure to be here with you uh, on your program. Yes, I'm, I'm feeling really honored to be able to meet you. But um, I understand that Scenex um, produces documentaries, mostly about um, you know, China, China's history and culture and whatnot. But we'll learn all about that in just a moment. Sure. So we are going to start off with you telling us a story that has made an impact on you, right? Sure. I'm by definition a pure Taiwanese. I'm the seventh generation of uh, you know immigration from Fujian province. My uh, grandfather used to tell me that uh, I'm the seventh generation uh, from Fujian and in ta into Taiwan. Wow, you so, keep track of that. Seventh generation. Okay. Exactly. My uh, grandfather is very proud of uh, you know uh, his uh, his own uh, career and what he has done for the family. My father moved from central Taiwan to, to Taipei uh, and you know, got married with my mom and I was born uh, back home in my grandfather's house and then I was totally grew up in Taipei. So by the time I was about eight to nine years old, my father one day came home with this whole set of books. Uh, I still remember it's Dongfang Shao Nian, Shi Jie Wei Ming Zhu. So it's kind of like all the great people of the world's uh, story. Wow. I think it's a set of, like, I can't remember exactly, maybe around 30 or something books about how old, old great people. Then? I was like nine years old. Oh, okay, okay. So you can see my father's uh, great aspiration of wanting uh, me, you know, or try to bring me up as, as someone who can be something. I read really fast those stories of great people. I, uh, of course, was inspired by many of them. But I think among all these great people, you know, fantastic stories. When you grew up, you understand, you know, these are beautified stories for kids. Oh. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you were little, you kind of like totally fascinated. Yeah, by believed every word. Believe every word in that and aspire to be maybe one day to be someone like one of them. Um, and I was particularly inspired by the female characters, oh, I'm you know, sure. <laughs> so kind of like the, uh, the, the scientist, uh, you know, yes. Nantingale and the uh, whatever. And then, of course, all the, uh, all the great people, Chengkis Khan, you know, um, Dr. Sun Yat-sen, of course, and many others. So for me, I think uh, that was like my first global exposure in that sense. Mm. Because I think back then the Taiwan education doesn't really tell you that many things about different things around the world. Yeah. So for me, I, I felt like I, uh, my value system was first seeded back then. In what way? You just know you want to become someone great? Not so much, but it's more like how these people used to overcome the difficulties and challenges in their life and they, they overcame they transformed themselves and became someone or something great for the yeah. people. And I think it's, it's, a, it's about being great yourself. It's about being able to help people, being able to make a difference. Okay, well then let's start from when you were little and see how well you did every step of the way then. <laughs> so, Still um, working on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're very humble. So you, are you the only child in the family? 
I'm in fact the eldest. My grandfather is the only son in the family. Oh. My father is the only son in the family. Oh. My father has uh, has a uh, eldest sister, but in the traditional Chinese Taiwanese uh, system, yes, boys can't and girls doesn't. So, right? Yeah, right. So you know, boys has their um, responsibilities and accountabilities towards the family. Yes. Girls are someone who will be married to someone else in a different family to take care of someone else. Right. So, you know, like parents used to joke about, oh, I'm raising someone's wife <laughs> when they have a daughter. Right. Um, anyways, uh, I, uh, you know, I was born uh, to the family as the eldest. Uh, in my sibling, I had, uh, after that, a younger brother and two younger sisters. But you can imagine when I was born, my grandfather and my, my whole family were was very anxious. They were all hoping, I think, secretly wanted to have a boy. Right, right. But I was a girl. Right. Uh, nevertheless, I was very happy because uh, I think I grew up in, in a lot of love. Because my grandparents decided that I, I was a lovely kid and they moved from uh, Zhanghua to Taipei and, you know, to try to uh, build their own career here. My father was in business. Uh -huh. So I was you know, grew up as a uh, daughter of a business person. Mm -hmm. uh, father is a very smart, not so hardworking, but very smart business person. Okay. Well, I think in my view, it's not right. so hardworking, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe he would disagree that yeah. with me. <laughs> um, so I grew up uh, learning, uh, you know, many things uh, in school, of course, but also in my, from my family where I saw my parents were doing business, you know, sometimes not so successful, sometimes mm. successful. Uh, and when he's not su so successful, my mother kicks in and, uh, you know, do uh, like knitting works, making small money to help support the family. Oh, so uh, wow. I, uh, I grew up seeing many things uh, in the common life of uh, citizens. You were telling me that you, didn't, you weren't really into studies. Am I right? You weren't a really a great student. Or well, maybe I, just according to your point of view, though. You could be. parents probably but, thought you were... But I, I always felt like if I would work a little bit harder, ah. uh, I might be, you know, doing something different uh, every step of my life. But because I, uh, I'm the way I am, I, um, I listen very carefully uh, in the class. You know, okay. all these classes, I listen very carefully uh, what the teacher had to taught us. Get impatient once he had to say the second time. Because uh, he's trying to make people understand. So you can understand that he's trying to tell the story back and forth, you know. Yes. And then if he sees uh, confused faces, he might do it the third time. <laughs> I easily got annoyed yeah. and say, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Stop. Move on to something new. But wow. anyways, uh, uh, that's how, how I was. And I, the reason I say I didn't study hard was I, I was much more interested in reading other books than the textbooks. I think I know what you mean. When my kids were younger, and I'll take them to the library, once they have settled down and everything, I would wonder what I'm going to pick up and read myself. But you know what? I always go for encyclopedias because I like to learn things that are not taught in school. Exactly. So perhaps when I say I didn't work so hard, was uh, what I meant was I didn't do it the way the adults would like us to. Mm -hmm. But I sort of like explore the world in my own way. But anyways, so I got into junior high school level. Uh, back in our days, I was, uh, you know, I was supposed to go to these uh, composive uh, high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But right. then uh, my father decided I should go and uh, take tests and exams to get into these private junior oh, really? high school because wow. he believes those were better. 
I got myself into Wellesley's Girls High. Uh, that's where the window to the world opened again. I was lucky and I think I was really uh, blessed to have very good teachers there. And then our schoolmaster, it's it's wonderful lady. Yeah, that's so important, you know, to have really good teachers when you were a child in your upbringing. When you grow older, you never forget the contribution that they gave to you in your life, right? Exactly. So that is great. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I wonder just how well you speak English without having studied abroad. How did this happen? It really on into Mrs. Williamson. She's my first English teacher. She's a missionary from the U.S. In our school back then, the Wellesley Girls High School, was lucky enough to have quite a lot of missionary teachers from the States. She was very, very uh, tough. We weren't allowed to speak even one word of Chinese in the class. Oh, and I so think that's good. That's a good practice. It's, uh, it's as if you were uh, immersed in a full English speaking uh, environment, learning uh, ABC, you know, all the alphabets to start with, but not saying a Chinese word. Right. Um, well, so great. I think that gives me a very good uh, basics. Mm. Uh, you know, you got probably good pronunciation, the right way to think about English, or not memorizing all the vocabularies or things. Of course, we have to do the textbook, but we were more uh, on the side, you know, learning many things about the U.S., um, you know, English as a language, than trying to use English as a tool to pass your exam. I think that makes a huge difference. I guess that's why you landed on the job that you did at McKinsey which is uh, one of the biggest um, you know, right. international management consulting firms. Do you think that's why? From that's part of the reason. But yeah. I, I think uh, you know, beyond just good English, there are so many other things in sure. between. After um, you know, Wellesley's uh, junior high school graduation, I did my uh, high school exam. In my view, not so good because I was uh, I got myself into the third, uh, you know, girls uh, high school, which uh-huh. is Jingmei Nui Zhong in right. Taiwan, and I was hoping I could get into either the first one or the second one. Right. So you could, you know, imagine for for a young girl at back in that age, I was quite frustrated. Uh huh. Um, you had great ambition for a girl at your age, I guess. I guess so, but yeah. uh, that was something. So I decided to go back to study uh, high school in Wellesley, and mm. then uh, my father convinced me to, to take a different path. So I went to study in Mingchuan Girls College, and I majored uh, in international trading. That uh-huh. got me into the, uh, you know, about uh, eight years before I got into McKinsey & Company. I was doing international business uh, in different shipping companies, multinationals operations in Taiwan uh, mm-hmm. for all these years. At one point, I got married and I had a son, so I uh, quit my job and I learned to do simultaneous interpretation for all these international conferences. So I quit my nine to five job and then I became an interpreter for conferences. And that's how I got myself to know, uh, you know, uh, McKinsey and how they uh, got to know me. Um, So I was doing freelancing for them. Mm. uh, And that's how it got myself into McKinsey the first place, despite the fact I tried to resist that. 
uh-huh. because I, I wanted to have the freedom of uh, being a freelancer. A freelancer doing what? Simultaneous interpretation in conferences. You, you like that, huh? You it enjoy that. Very challenging. Yes, I and, know. Uh, it was very, very fun. And you get to learn so much different things because you will be doing uh, conferences from from international business to economics to you know some political oh, yeah. uh, issues, uh, you know environmental issues, etc. Mm. So for me, you always have to prepare well before you get into that uh, small tiny Box. interpreter's booth. <laughs> the booth, and then uh, you have to study hard uh-huh. all the fundamentals. Oh. So I guess that's wow. why when McKinsey met me, they really liked me. I see. You know, but I'm thinking back in those days. I don't think there are that many multinational companies around Taiwan, though. But for you to have the opportunity to be able to work in that kind of environment, and then uh, going on to simultaneous interpretation, which I'm sure was not that common back then, that you had all these opportunities, which is really rare. But these are these I are great opportunities. These are great opportunities, great challenges, and I think uh, I, of course, work very hard. But I think I was also blessed and lucky. Did you get formal training in simultaneous interpretation? I mean, back then you I did. I did. I did. I went to back then. It was called CPC, China Productivity Center. It was a subsidiary under the Ministry of Economics. Uh, you know, Zhong Guo Shengtai Li Zhongxin, under uh, Ministry of Economics, and then uh, it, they have this six-month program. So what I did was I drove uh, myself from after the work six uh, o'clock. To to the class, mm. and I do that for six months. Other than the first two bits, I was in uh, not in Taiwan, but I two weeks I was not in Taiwan. Then I I think I was there every classes. Mm. I passed the exam that you have to take after you finish that program. So oh, you have a certificate right. saying that you did the program. You right. have to pass another test so that you can start uh, working in these conferences. I guess you don't have time for that now. Do you simultaneous interpretation? I can do that. Yeah, uh, you can. Still. Oh, you, you still, you still do that? No, I don't. I don't do it anymore <laughs> as a profession. But okay. uh, I still occasionally had to help people communicate. That was Ruby Chen, co-founder and CEO of Cenex. Next week, we're going to find out what Cenex is all about. For in the spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. 